welcome to the Cap City Offers Podcast. This is episode 119. Once again, you've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about a recent um, training event where we combined practical shooting, uh, which is a USPSA-style stage, with target identification and some tactical-type stuff. Absolutely. Um, guys, th- This, uh, th- I think the mentality around this, and correct me if I'm wrong, was that if, if you are a generally squared away shooter, the, the shooting aspect of this, handling the gun, moving with the gun, your footwork, those different kinds of things, how you work corners and structure and stuff like that, um, if you're squared away, should be fairly well automated. Um, if you are a c- civilian concealed carry permit holder and you don't necessarily know how to work a doorway or things of that nature, um, I- I'm not going to flame you. I'm not going to sit back here and say, you need to get your shit squared away, blah, 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 stuff like that. But I would say there's a reality check to if you carry a gun on you for defensive purposes, understanding advan- ad- advantages of using angles within a structure, understanding what's cover and what's concealment, how to move through a structure and how to safely uh, go through a doorway or enter a space or work a, a space within a space kind of thing too um, to to clear a structure is something that you should know how to do. Your encounter may occur in your own home, which you might know intimately, but understanding the advantages of how to move through it is a really big deal. And it's not something instinctual um, because you're a male and you you know you can drive a car without anybody teaching you how and you can shoot again, blah, blah, blah. You know, probably need to be taught how to do this properly. Um, if you're a police officer, you've probably been through some of this training. Um, I would tell you that if you haven't done any kind of structure clearing training in the last two or three years, you probably want to revisit it, whether it's on your own dime or whether your PD will pay for it or whatever, because there, there's some, there's some changes in how we perceive things. There are some changes in, in how we push through structures and a recognition of whether or not you're doing a search that's deliberate or possibly dynamic as a law enforcement officer. And that's something I'm a little bit out of touch with, but I was kind of kind of fed back to me a little bit, and I'm glad to have that information now. Um, so for once, I'm not picking on you. I'm saying thank you for sharing your information. You know who you are. Um, so so we'll yeah. talk also, about that. Like, you know, if you're doing this as a one-person unit yep. or as a two- or a three- or a four-person unit, Yes. Uh, or a more more than four person unit um, things, I wouldn't say that they change from a first principles perspective. It's adapted, but you're definitely you have more moving pieces. Yep, all it, happening at the same time. Yeah, more muscles, more adaptation, but more eyeballs too, and more and, guns in the fight. Yeah, so so obviously a really good thing. So I kind of got off the point that I was saying there that this is one of those things where um, you know you, you should have the fundamentals of footwork. You should have the fundamentals of working doorways, uh, working structure, working spaces, whether that's, you know, corner fed, center fed, uh, tees and things of that nature. And if you don't, if none of that terminology is is something you understand, then you definitely want to get into a training opportunity and get educated on it. Um, it's, it's, it's a big deal. Um, you want to have the point where running the gun is nearly automated, um, you know, that you don't have to think about it. Yeah. And then you start getting into target discrimination under stress of time, stress of peer review, stress of intermediate lighting conditions because this started out in daylight and ended up nearly dark, um, you know, and then using a light and stuff like that. that all, all of that stuff, when you start doing movement, target identification at speed and things of that nature, the re- everything else needs to be pretty much automated, which means you need to be a pretty squared away shooter. Yeah. So, um, so the point of this was to push through that a little bit quicker, the stage a little bit quicker, hence the USPSA end of it, 
adding the timer, adding the, hey, move quickly, and then the way it was set up, getting from point A to point B, et cetera. So do you want to describe the layout loosely or not? Um, yeah, sure. So we, we flat out stole this from Matt Franca and X-Ray Alpha. Um, one of our guys is, was has taken several of his classes, um, has gotten to do this in classes. Uh, there was a Practical Shooting Training Group podcast from last summer um, that talked about this. Um, running basically the same stage, and uh, Ben Stoder's observation was that most of the the, the cops in the class looked kind of silly um, when they did this. So we obviously had to try to do it ourselves. Yeah, and and and, and when you say look kind of silly, elaborate on that. Um, yeah, shot a lot of targets that didn't need to get shot. I did. Um, I did. Shot didn't shoot targets that needed to get shot. We all did that. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like bad footwork, um, bad use of corners and structures, and yep. it's one of those things. When, as Chris was elaborating, you know, when you put the timer on this, um, you know, things start to fall apart because you're looking for shortcuts. Yep. And there, there are no shortcuts. You got to do it correctly at speed and make the hits. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we were using the action targets, uh, photorealistic targets, so with changeable props, um, putting. Hands, beer bottles, soda cans, no twisted teas, but just soda cans. Yeah, just soda cans, because a twisted tea is a weapon. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Uh, what else do we have? Was... Um, there were flashlights. Badges. Badges, yeah. We'll um, get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> um, here's, here's a quick little sidebar. If you are a law enforcement officer uh, and, and you operate in an undercover or plainclothes environment or off duty or, or off duty and you carry a badge when you're off duty. If, if there is an event, uh, that goes down and you are there as acting as a good guy, if you're the bad guy, you know, whatever, but, um, I don't, I don't think that's actually the case ever or not very often anyway. Um, if you're there as a good guy, Please, dear God in heaven, verbalize, announce yourself, make yourself known, um, because the badge doesn't get seen. I'll say that one more time. Your badge will likely not be seen. Never mind angles, never mind not exposing, you know, as a good guy, if I'm seeing somebody with a gun, etc., and, and I deem you to be a threat and you're not verbalizing, and saying, hey, I'm a cop, I'm a cop, I'm a cop. And yes, the bad guy can say he's a cop. The bad guy can have a stolen badge and blah, 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 blah. Um, I get it. Uh, but if you're not verbalizing or, or your skill sets put you in a position where you do stupid, non-professional looking shit, those of us who train on a regular basis are going to see somebody looking like a non-professional with a firearm, and that is a target identifier. Um Okay, we'll go back to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will revisit that again. Yes, um, yes. So the stage, uh, kind of linear, um, long or horizontally, but starting on the, you started against this wall, and you were given a color of either red or white, so we had steel stop plates at the beginning and at the end. Um, so shoot your color plate, um, then kind of pie around a corner, and you could engage either two targets or three targets, depending on how far around the corner that you pied. Yeah. Um, from there, kind of go went back around the wall and came to basically a center-fed um, doorway. Yep. Or a T-intersection, um, however, which way you wanted to, to look at that. Um, inside of there were 
four or five targets. Um, again, depending on how you engage targets. Yep. At the first position, um, so you did work at that position. Um, ran down essentially a longer hallway. Um, came into another basically a corner fed room. Yeah. Um, type situation. We had two targets there, um, and then the stop plate. Yeah. And so the the point of this guys was to do was to look was to be visual was to see what's going on and to was to appropriately use the structure to your best advantage. Um, without talking too much about what law enforcement actually does, deliberate versus dynamic, because I don't I don't want to give up too much of that in a public forum like this. But there's a reality check to if you go get trained on it, you'll understand it better. But what we were looking for is is as a civilian are you using the doorway as you should be using the doorway for as much cover as possible as you're clearing the room as a law enforcement officer when things go into extremis and you go from deliberate to dynamic are you then appropriately doing the things that you should be doing um is that is that gun hand foot up front with the gun as you're working the corner versus the opposite foot up front with the gun so you're off balance if something bumps you you end up throwing half your body out in the doorway getting control of yourself uh, so, so footwork conversations, um, we had a number of situations where guys who are experienced shooters and have done structure work off and on for years, not for a living, but, but definitely trained to it, you know, a couple times a year, um, we're doing things like peeking, looking, peeking back, looking, peeking back, looking, peeking and, and some oddball things that had to be kind of sorted out that are just comfort things. They're purely comfort yeah. things. Um, you know, one of the sayings is, you know, in, in, in that world is that once you've paid for that piece of real estate, why would you give it back? So, you know, the guys are peeking. Once you've looked, stay there, address whatever's there that needs to be addressed, but don't give it back up. And if you do give it back up, don't pop out in the same place. And that's a blessing that's come up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I, like I did that once, but it's because I ran out of positions. I started high, I went low, and I was already low and had a reload or whatever and shouldn't have gone back to the same place but did. Um, and, and so different things like that. Uh, and, and then as well, we had a lot of guys who, as soon as they started to engage that, uh, that, that pie, that corner, that doorway, um, and found something to put sights on, Fingers went to the triggers and didn't come off until they stopped clearing that doorway. So there was a lot of, there, there was not a lot. There was some calling out, hey, trigger, trigger, trigger. Um, sights on target, finger on the trigger. If you're not pointed at something you know you're going to shoot, get your freaking finger indexed high on the side of the gun. And again, these are not novice shooters. These are guys with a decade or more of experience that have taken multiple classes, that carry guns every day and trains with guns multiple times a month. And still reverted back to some habits that probably went way the hell back. Actually, so they're habits that kind of get easily ingrained when you only shoot, shoot targets. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because you're going from target to target to target, right? Um, if you're yeah, I'll like agree an, with that. Like an L-Pres drill or yeah. a two 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 drill on yeah. steel. Yes. Um, it's You're picking up speed in the drill by keeping your finger on the target. Yeah, or finger on, on the, the trigger. trigger yeah. yeah, as you move from target to target and, you know, what ninety percent of our training environment, training events, are shoot, shoot, shoot. A shoot target. Yeah, and and that's actually a, a, a probably one of the most prescient observations about this night of training um, was that we were that that was the environment where we were taking the opportunity where you had no shoots because that just doesn't happen very much um, that target discrimination and if you're a single person doing target discrimination it's hard to trick yourself and set up multiple targets and remember which one did I put a gun on and which one yeah. didn't I. So as you know, we were able to set this up for each other, and each person got to run through it blind, um, and had to discriminate those things. Did it multiple times. And did it? Yeah, did it? Got got a multiple reps in 
um, and and cleared up some of the things that they were doing fairly fairly well as the night went on. It's just those little reminders when you finally get put in that situation. Um, the only thing better than this would have been force on force. Yeah. Yeah. So um, saw a lot of guys leading with their off foot, right handed, but left toe pieing. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, the disadvantage there is if somebody bumps you from behind, you're going to throw your strong side leg clear out into the open beyond your pie, beyond your angle, which presents a great big target for the bad guy to service if, if you leave it there for very long at all. Which, well, and I mean, the other thing is we, we go from most of us all shoot isosceles or yeah. some variant um, yeah. very closely related to isosceles. Um, to going back to the Weaver stance from the Southwest Museum of Gunfighting. Yeah, and that, that was interesting, too. I, I, you're right. I see that when guys, all of a sudden, when you throw structure into the conversation in a corner, guys start blading. Like, footwork goes out the window. Yeah, and, and it's if you, if you maintain an isosceles-ish stance, you're going to shoot off your strong side foot. If you, if you revert to the bladed stance, it's really easy to get that left foot or that weak side foot up in front of you and start doing weird stuff. That yeah. that was interesting that that popped up. And also, you know, when we we look at this from the perspective of if I get shot, I want to get shot straight on. I don't want to get shot across my body, especially and from an even without armor, but definitely with an from an armor perspective. I don't want a double lung shot. Yeah. If I can make it a single lung shot, that's very much more survivable than double lung because if it's double lung, there's a lot of vasculature between those two lungs that is very very bad if it gets hit. Yeah. Like really bad. So. Um, the trigger thing was interesting, and again, we covered that. Uh, what what other there was there was something else that seems like that popped up that was kind of odd. Uh, oh, what the peeking thing? Yeah, peeking yeah. in and out. Um, the the quick peeing thing. Um, if you have as good a hair and as sexy a voice as Don Johnson, then you're allowed to quick peek. Everybody else, stop doing it. Um, the quick peek thing. The quick peek thing should have died. You know, in the in the '90s when yeah. when Willie Nelson got killed on the show. Way back then, the, the 80s. Okay. Yeah, before, long time kind ago. Kind of before my time. Yeah, exactly, a little <laughs> bit. So, there, well, Willie Nelson was on the show one day, uh, one, one, one episode. It was pretty cool, actually. Anyway, um, dope smoking aside, Willie's a pretty cool dude. So, um, um, so anyway, the, yeah, that one, aspect and then, go ahead. One other thing, uh, you know, our last, our previous most recent training event, we spent all kinds of time getting the gun out of yep. the holster yep, yep, yep. at speed, and it seemed like everybody, they're like, oh, well, I'm kind of behind cover to start this off, Yeah. and there was a bit of a delay. I wouldn't say delay, but there's a laziness to getting the gun out of the holster yeah. and engaging that first steel target. Um, I mean, it was an 8-inch plate at 7 yards, um, and times were north to two and a half seconds. Well, but see, and that, the part of that, though, was that I was, you weren't starting off looking at the plate. You could, you could, well, you no, could I wasn't, I, my hands were on the wall and I was drawing and then pieing out to shoot the plate. Okay. Cause I was, I mean, if I'm shooting it, I'm assuming it's a threat. Then, then so I wasn't was, starting looking at the plate, drawing and shooting yeah, the plate. Yeah. The so guys that's that why. were cheated over where they could see the plate. Yeah. It was still pretty slow. Okay. Yeah. Cause I wasn't trying to do that. I, I, my, my, that part wasn't specified that the plate's just a starter because the beep's the starter okay. for your time. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, so, I mean, I was treating that as just another target that needed to be serviced okay. from some manner of cover. But, I mean, it's just the, getting the gun out yeah. was yeah, cause I was lackadaisical. I was drawing quickly, but then pressing out and shooting it. So, um, But you're right. I absolutely observed that. The other thing that we saw, too, um, and, and again, this is back to, this is back to context. Um, m most of the folks in this group are civilians. 
um, work in the corners were, were, was very was meticulous, was slow, etc. This throwing the IDPA stage in it was intended to push you to make you move a little quicker. Um, our our one LEO again having that conversation of of uh, deliberate versus an extremist dynamic. Um, this is a stop the killing type situation. Exactly. Yeah, you're running to the sound of the guns, but you but you're not going to run past the doorway without confirming it, right? And so there was a little bit of change in in techniques and procedures there um, that, that we squared away and got got educated on and understood about um, on that. So, and again, if you're law enforcement and you've been through that integrated active shooter response kind of training, then you'll understand what we're talking about. Um, but if not, you know, it's all right. You'll figure it out sooner or later uh, from a training perspective. So just squaring those things away. And then finally, the movement, um, when it was time to run down the hallway, run down the hallway. Um, and, you know, and some guys kind of trotted, some guys kind of didn't, and I'm just slow. So it looks like I'm going slow even when i'm going really really fast for me so yeah so anyway um the shooting in general was pretty solid unfortunately a lot of those really good hits were on guys with badges or guys that didn't need to get shot in some cases yeah yeah yeah. um one of the targets was a was a bad guy bad actor and 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 if this offends somebody grow thicker skin um, the dude was wearing a shemag, he's in camo clothes, and he's got a bomb vest on with a clacker in his right hand. Um, at one point, somebody put a it's can the, of beer. Or yeah, it's the classic, like, G-Watt um, suicide bomber target. Yeah, absolutely. You guys wearing, like, roadie brushstroke, um, camos, you know, I mean, he's, he's ready to go. Um, and, and so there are a couple different times where that the clacker got a beer can put over it. If you're wearing a bomb vest, I'm going to shoot you in the face. I don't care if you're holding a beer can in one hand or not. Yeah, really um, bad Halloween costume. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So, so, so that guy got smoked a couple of times. I'm willing to let that one pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to let that pass. Um, one of the beer bottles pointed at you looked a whole lot like the muzzle of a gun pointed at you. Can't let that pass. It's still a beer bottle, not a gun. When you shoot the guy and he drops it on the ground, you don't have any evidence that he was a threat. Um, fix yourself. Um one dude, uh, we, we had one guy that was holding a knife um, in a very aggressive overhand posture. And a couple times we put a flashlight in his hand and we put a flashlight in his hand. Everybody's like, oh, he must be a good guy. He's carrying a flashlight. I don't know. I don't know what the mentality was there, but he didn't get shot twice when he should have. Yeah. Um, some weird things like that that popped up. Um, but probably the biggest thing for me, badges on waist lines for law enforcement officers constantly out of shot. uniform if your badge is on your waistline um you come searching over the gun which might be an argument for having the gun a little bit lower but you come searching over the gun and you may not even see the waistline and then let's say that the badge is on the good guy's right hip or right of center line his right of center line mm-hmm. as you pie a corner coming around from the left and scanning that you may get to the gun before you get to the badge and take the shot. So there's some things about having that that badge on the belt line that creates some issues. Um, I know a lot of officers will put paracord or some kind of cord on their badge, on their belt, like wrapped up and tucked in. And then if something happens, they'll take it off and hang it around their neck. Which leads us to Those the, dude with, the dude with the badge around his neck um, got didn't get shot quite as often, but got shot still fairly frequently um so and and that was that was a sick feeling to come back and review those targets and go shit now again 
there, you know, this is 2D. Um, this is, you know, a, a badge that's not shiny. This is a dude not behaving in any way, much less good guy or bad guy behavior um, in a couple of different situations and stuff like that. Uh, um, there, it, it was it was disconcerting. Honestly, it was uh, it was it, it bothered me a little <laughs> bit how because I did it yeah. at least twice. I shot the I shot the good guy at least twice. They were great shots too, man. One of them was right between the freaking running lights. I was tickled mm -hmm. pink until I saw the badge. Bad juju. That guy was at five yards. Um, the one I shot between the running lights was the last target. Was it? Yeah, okay. was the so last it was target. Still, it was like it was it, ten, ten yards. Ten tops, but uh, but it but it was literally you could have mic'd it out between the pupils. <laughs> it was pretty cool, except for the badge that made it suck. So, yeah. Um. Uh, Again, takeaways from this, if you're a law enforcement officer, off-duty or undercover, and something's going down, um, make, make yourself known in other ways other than just having a chunk of metal hanging around you um, because it, 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 law enforcement guys in training scenarios with X-Ray Alpha shot the hell out of the good guy, mm -hmm. and fairly well-trained up civilians shot the hell out of the good guy. Um, yeah. I remember it's a two-gun match at Big Darby where oh everybody, everybody shot the hell everybody out of the smoked good guy. everybody smoked the good so that that's one takeaway um, and then I would say my, my my number two takeaway for for me was was be, you have to be the good guy as a civilian with a gun you ha you are freaking accountable for every projectile you send down range you have to take that time and assess is this a good guy or a bad guy. And yes, there will be other contexts that will make a difference in a real-world scenario with moving pieces, with audible cues, um, with other visual cues like posture, body posture, etc. Um, cops tend to hold guns differently than bad guys. Um, cops tend to behave differently than bad guys. Uh, you know, so yes, there will be other cues, but it's not an excuse for you to shoot the wrong person. And if that means you have to expose yourself to a little more risk to be the good guy. Um, John Wayne the hell up and do it because, yeah. uh, like I said, that was a bad feeling twice. That was a really bad feeling. So, so. for me, the, the big takeaway from all of this is you can only go as fast as you can see. Yep. Um, which yeah. actually is kind of the same thing on the racetrack yeah. uh, with motorcycles yeah. and cars and whatnot. Um, you can't go faster than your eyes will let you. Yep. Uh, so taking well, the you extra. Can. You can, but really, really bad things in, happen. Yeah, you end up in China Beach. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the, the you know the takeaway here you know taking the extra two tenths or three tenths of a second scanning both hands um scanning the waistline potentially yep. scanning you know the high center chest where a, a badge on a lanyard would be yep um or you know the forehead if somebody's got a badge on a hat yep um that actually worked pretty well yeah when we put put the badge on the on the tube um yeah yeah, so taking you know taking the time to to fully identify the target, um, you know faces, facial expressions are not target indicators. No, um, you know body posture is not necessarily a target indicator. It, it, yeah, it can be, but it can, it's not it, it's entirely. A, it's a cue. It's not. It's a cue. It's not a shooter no shoot. Um, it's just the one more thing to read. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and seeing you know are there weapons in the hands? Yep. Um, what are the weapons doing? Yep. Um, a couple targets. You know, again, was still kind of in a holster. Yeah, the one target like the partially. dude was reaching for the gun, and that, that was one I addressed verbally and chose not to shoot. 
um, because I, you know, said hands and he didn't draw his gun, so must be a good guy. I didn't shoot him. Um, and, and, you know, and right, wrong, or indifferent, no yeah. big deal. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Um, that, that was just my take on it, uh, on that particular target. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was definitely the totality of the situation and there's a lot of context left out when they're static targets. So uh, I'm really interested again, to get back into the force on force end of things and, and do some of those progressions and see how differential the cues, how, how much more cue you have. Mm-hmm how much more additional context you had to make those decisions. So, yeah. 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 So, you know, one of these things, um, these targets are available commercially. Yep. Um, actiontargets.com, I believe, or law enforcement targets. Um, get a bunch of them. Get the props. Uh, get a Post-it note glue stick. Um, they don't sell those staples, but you can buy them on Amazon. Yep. And that lets you just swap the props around. Um, so, each... Each person's run is different than the run before. Yeah. Um, makes it pretty much uncheatable. Yep. And two guys could set it up differently for each other. Yeah. You don't have to have a group of guys. Um, we had six or seven guys on the range. Uh, each person got a run, at least four runs. We got four runs Four each. or five runs. Yeah. Um, and, and each situation, um, you know, was, we, the, the other thing too, guys, we were treating this not as a gunfight against seven or eight people. We were treating it as the same guy in different positions moving on you as you're moving on him. Um, so from a mental perspective about how many rounds you were firing, reloads, moving from cover, things of that nature without topping off, this this was assumed the same one or two bad guys, one bad guy moving as you're moving, etc., popping up in different positions, needing to be serviced from different positions, um, except for the, the, the bomb vest clacker dude. He was just somebody who needed smoked on principles. Um, you know, on GPs. So, yeah. you know, so, so bear those things in mind that it's not, you know, you against the world. This is not, you know, Rick Grimes trying to get into Terminus. This is yeah. one person in a fight with one other bad guy who's moving like he's going to be, especially yeah. if he's smart and skilled at all. Um, so there's a conversation around that as well. Um, but I, I will say that uh, for the whole night, four guys, anywhere from two to five shots per target, um, multiple runs, multiple targets, etc. There were maybe three shots off target. Uh, maybe maybe a few more than that. Well, okay, uh, but I'd say you know for the most most of our guys were shooting well north of ninety five percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean it. Yeah. So so that and I would say at least that part was automatic, and then some other parts. The the reminders, the mm-hmm. the coaching, the teaching was prodded into place. Yeah. That by the end of the night, it, it was. I would say everybody was was pretty squared away starting with the feet up, moving, thinking, assessing, etc., except for that freaking badge. Man, that badge just kept eating everyone's lunch. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, one of to get back to the shooting part. Yeah, uh, we did score targets after every run. Yes. Um, the LE or the action targets, those photo targets make it really hard to see what you've done. Yeah. Uh, when you're when you're the shooter, so you've got to learn to color your shots, um, trust that you, uh, that you got your hits, that you did what you needed to on a target to neutralize it from, yep. a, call it a scoring perspective, um, before you moved on. Um, and there were there were definitely some guys that were like, oh, I didn't actually put anything into the target, or, or, or the target in a, would have been neutralized. Yeah, or in, 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 a, in an effective place that would have given you that, I'm pretty confident that dude's going to, you know, yeah. uh, he's going to modify his behavior at least. Um, there were some shots that were that were through non-critical areas, 
or because of angles were, were just a little bit off. But even with those, I would include those in that, that 5%, not the 95%. Yeah. So, uh, and because everybody made multiple shots, most of those people also had additional shots that were where they needed to be yeah. in most cases. Yeah, a couple yeah. of the targets, um, the target was actually behind some kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's hard cover, but it was better than concealment. Yeah. Be that like metal railings or like the D-pillar on a car or something. Yeah. And there were rounds that went into the railing or went into the D-pillar yeah. that may or may not have actually made it to the target. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, under the heading of every, you know, all is in vain when an angel pisses in the panty of your flintlock. Yeah. That's why you shoot multiple times, and that's why we don't use flintlocks. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. so yep. dude, all of a sudden, it's not just, oh, I put, I hit the big piece of paper. Yeah. Where you hit the big piece of paper became a lot more important. Exactly. Yeah, and there was, and there was a, a lot of that, so... Not a lot of that, but enough of that. And again, that was the multiple shots fired, multiple good hits. Mm-hmm. Even if one wasn't perfect, there were two or three more to back it up. Yeah. And I was pretty, pretty, for the most part, uh, pretty happy with the, when guys chose the cranio-ocular vault as their option, they generally did a pretty good job. At least I felt like I did. My my yeah. headshots, when I chose to go that direction, I took the, the beat to plan it there and felt like most of them were pretty solid. So, um, also... Uh, the guns got shot. The the bad yeah. guys with guns. There there was a little bit of focusing on guns. Generally, if the bad guys got a gun up in a useful position, unless it's not pointed at you, if it's pointed in your general direction, shooting through the gun, at the gun, past the gun, generally puts browns where you want them to. If the bad guy's not focused on you or not focused nearby you, then you've got to be aware of that as well. Um, and that also leads to other context. What is he pointing the gun at? Is he actually the threat, or is mm-hmm. he that off-duty police officer, or whatever? So yep. again, more to think about. Um, definitely, definitely good stuff. I don't think it was an eye opener. I, I just think it was one of those, except for the badge. I, I think yeah. I, I think that in general it was one of those. Okay, this gives us some stuff to work on. So yeah. good stuff. Just, again, you know, we don't, we obviously don't do target discrimination stuff as much as we probably need to. True. Um, True. Because it does slow things down a little bit. Yep. Um, you got to get the targets and logistics and um, being willing to take the time to reset targets between runs, uh, again, to make it so you can't cheat. Yeah, because, I mean, that's not nearly as cool as blazing away. Yeah. Um, but it's you learn a whole lot more from it. And I think, you know, I think everybody kind of picked up a few little things that were probably way more critical than, um, you know, is my support hand in the exact perfect place off a fast draw stroke. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely learning occurred for sure. So I would say from an ammo expenditure, maybe seventy-five rounds. I think it was about seventy-five rounds, ish. Yeah, I, 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 honestly, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. That's not something I'm concerning myself with. Um, I was there to train. So yeah, yeah and I, again, and you could limit it to. You could say if you wanted to limit it to a smaller number of rounds, put up fewer targets, make or, the course of fire a little smaller, or, or limit one good hit per target. Use yeah. more no-shoots. Or use more no-shoots or different things of that nature, for sure, uh, if you wanted to manage that aspect of it. And also, with these targets, if you hung these targets, probably not, well, maybe on cardboard backers, but if you just put the targets on sticks with no cardboard behind them, if it wasn't windy or you were indoors, you could shoot these with airsoft. Oh, if yeah. those distances, airsoft would show the hit, would show the, mm-hmm. you know, the hit or the miss, <clears throat> you could do that as well. Yeah. Um, and, it, and again, if you're, if you're good enough to be calling your shots, you know, what you should be, um, then you could also run it as a dry fire drill too. If somebody else set it up for you and you went out or, you know, or a laser designator, yeah. one of the laser rounds, like foresighter kind of rounds, something like that. You could definitely get that click on each one. Cert gun would be great for yeah. this too. 
Um, but be honest, you know, where, where the, where the, where the laser go, where the beams right. go when you clicked it, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. Same thing. Like if you got airsoft guns or cert guns and a projector and you had a, a white, like concrete wall or something at yeah. home, yeah. um, you could easily do this, um, you know, in your basement you with, watch heat. with, uh, you know, putting different pictures up, have somebody, you know, spin around and then you yeah. know, figure out what's going on in the photo yeah. and engage accordingly. Or play heat. Yeah. You know, just choose who you are. You're the good guy, or the bad guy, and then shoot the other. So, however that works. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to add to that except I, except I thought that was I, I just thought that was a really solid training night. And, and again, that progression. Let's bring things together. That brought things together. So, super super excited to go beyond that. Cool. Cool. Uh, on that note, as we get more training ideas and otherwise, uh, we generally post them to our Facebook and our Instagram. Uh, along with when we get inventory in at the store. Uh, so please follow us on, on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Cap City Outfitters. Um, you can find us there as long as they let us stick around. Uh, we also do an email newsletter once a week. Um, you can sign up for that on our website at capcityoutfitters.com or drop us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. We'll happily add you to the newsletter list. Uh, on our website, you can find valuable information such as how to do an FFL transfer, or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront at silencershop.com. Uh, so check out our website, uh, capcityoutfitters.com. Uh, lastly, we're in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We're directly in front of the Aldi's. We're right next to Louie's Fusion Grill. We are 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. We look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, guys.